This season of The Peaches Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Silverette. Now, many of you will know that this is a product that I have long sung at the praises of. In fact, these little cups made up of antifungal, antimicrobial, healing, medical grade silver single-handedly saved my left nipple from early retirement when it came to breastfeeding. These are my go-to gift for any new mum. The Silverettes are simplistic genius. Little cups to protect and heal your nipples when you are in the trenches of learning how to breastfeed. Sore, oversensitive, cracked or even bleeding nips, no more. Guys, I have an exclusive discount for anyone wanting to give the new mum in their life the gift they will be thanking you for in years to come. 20% off using the code TORY20. Simply head to silverettaustralia.com. Now, this expires on the 30th of June, 2023, so you don't want to muck about. The link is in our show notes. She's back in the house. I'm back. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Rebecca Chidia. I don't think I've heard you say Rebecca that much, although you know you have. I say it on the potty all the time for some reason. It sounds very <laughs> professional, although I do like the name Rebecca now that I'm watching This Is Us. <gasps> oh. Because she's a Beck. And when I, he calls her Rebecca, Jack calls her Rebecca. Rebecca, I'm like, oh. Guys, if you haven't seen This Is Us, I have been harping on about it to Beck for about two and a half years and she finally started it. And, um, yeah, you just watch it and thank me later. It's very American and it's the kind of show that you sort of have a therapeutic crying session every episode. It's so good and it's so nice to watch a show that's so, like, warm it holds you and there's a good number of seasons so you're not going to commit yourself and then run out of episodes right away yes i've noticed that i really hate getting into a show and they've only got one season for me i'm like this is why i don't (laughs) want to commit to you because i'm going to get and they've got a good amount of episodes per season oh it's into that it is solid so yeah report back if you watch it anyway um (laughs) boundaries yes boundaries is what we are discussing today so guys um this is something that beck and i talk about all the time and over the years we have said we should do a potty episode about boundaries um so here it is we're going to talk about what they are what they mean to us how they shape our lives Mm -hmm. and how they change over the course of our lives because you know different seasons of your life require different sets of boundaries absolutely and this isn't going to be some kind of like ted talk where you need to take notes it's Tori and I just talking about like our life experience and what we've witnessed over our very long years on this earth. (laughs) Um, It's just two besties having a chat, let's be real. Exactly. (laughs) But um, yeah, I feel like that there is a little bit of, I guess, a trend at the moment of like we're only in March and I'm seeing people burnt out, already really tired. Like, how are you? What have you been up to? Oh, I'm really busy. And it's like no one's really got any juice to give and we're only in March and I say I'm seeing this a lot because I'm around a lot of people 
in the studio. And yeah, I think that, and it's something that I know that you've definitely struggled and battled with over the years with how to set your boundaries and when you need them. Um, And I'm not perfect with my boundaries, but it is definitely something that I have gotten better with over the years. And I've got a lot more awareness to my triggers um, and when I need them. And let's face it, you love setting a boundary, B. <laughs> <laughs> I do. They make me feel so good. But I'm I'm like the complete opposite of who I want to be when I'm not honouring my boundaries and I don't honour them 24-7. Snap, though. Doesn't yeah. that say it all? You're not who you want to be when you're not honouring your boundaries. Love that. Yeah, I'm like. I should bo- put that to the Instagram quote <laughs> I'll like run back to Brett with my tail between the legs being like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, I feel like you have been my personal boundary hype girl over the years, um, which I enjoy. I feel like B, you encourage me to set boundaries. You sometimes give me like a friendly suggestion for what a boundary could be (laughs) and you celebrate them when I set them. And I feel like that is actually the definition of a good friend because we've all had people in our lives who don't respect our boundaries and who don't honour the boundaries that we set. Um, And I feel like, um, you know, if you're thinking about cutting someone out of your life, um, add that to the list of reasons why you should. If someone just doesn't hear you when you say no. Well, it's usually a reflection of their needs as well. And we'll dive into so to friendship soon. But, yeah, I think just like even the age-old changing your plans at the end of the day because you're just like you don't have any more energy and you don't want to go out for dinner, so you cancel fr- plans with a friend and then they get, offended by it. Someone who truly knows you and is aware of like your boundary without you actually wearing this is my boundary Mm -hmm. um, Mm t-shirts. We'll just get it. Oh my God. We all need friendships where it's a safe space to be like, I need to cancel last minute. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, fuck having a friend who you're like scared to text. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. No, no, no. But before we dive into all the juice, Tori, what do boundaries mean to you? What do boundaries mean? Or what do what do you I think classify the boundaries? Boundaries are the definition of self-preservation. Boundaries are a way of ensuring that you are able to be the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like I'm really clued on when I say it like that. <laughs> um, I feel like my issue is, isn't that I don't understand what they are and the benefits of them. I feel like a lot of it actually comes down to me allowing myself to set them. Like I love it when other people have boundaries. I'm like all about like being the hype girl for other people when they set boundaries, but I struggle. And I think a lot of it, and we'll go into this, is around work and productivity. Mm-hmm. And that's where I probably need boundaries in my life the most. I think I have I have them down packed in things like my, my romantic relationships and my friendships. But, um, yeah, I think that boundaries are a way to – show up as the best version of yourself and to protect yourself. I love that. And you? I think boundaries are pretty much communicating exactly what you need, communicating with the people around you, your community, your 
your family, your friends, but also communicating with yourself what it is you need to feel safe, what it is you need to feel kind of like warm and comforted and contented. And yeah, again, what what it is you need to be the best version of yourself. And I know that word, that phrase, best version of yourself is so wanky, but it means something different to everybody else. Like the best version of myself is like jumping out of bed, lots of energy, um, just like not feeling trapped, you know? So what will my boundaries be will be different to what your boundaries are. And, and I feel like you saying the word trapped has just <laughs> rung a bell in my head for you. Your boundaries are all around you not feeling trapped and having freedom and space. Um, and you did mention family and we're going to dive into that as mm-hmm. well. Um, okay, so B, why do we need boundaries? Top well, level answer. Top level answer. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> research shows. <laughs> Here <No>. we go. <laughs> No, it actually does. Research shows that people with better boundaries have better sleep. So, <laughs> what are you trying to say? Well, well let's, let's do. I re- have trouble sleeping. Let's retrace. Is it because of my boundaries? Okay, yes. Tick. Let's tick that tick. for the Tory box. <laughs> so they do have better sleep, less burnout. Fuck yeah, that's a tick for me. Tick for you. Healthier relationships, which is something that you know you have no issue with. That is definitely a big. Yes. I feel like I'm nailing the boundaries in my relationship. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. We don't need to tick that box for Tori um, to work on. No. And then less stress. So better sleep, tick. less burnout, <laughs> healthier relationship and less stress. So you get one tick. <laughs> well, one approved. One, yes, one one approved. Yeah, we should have said cross. Okay, cool. I mean, and really like when you put it like that, um, it, it, it's it's a pretty good initiative to think, okay, like to have a good talk about it yeah. and bring awareness to it. I feel like people, the word boundaries just gets like thrown around, but I think also boundaries makes people feel like they're living, like they've just got to build a wall around them. Yes. It's such a strong word. Yes. Whereas it doesn't have to be. I'm building this wall and here's a little gate and I've just like got to open and close yeah, it. Yeah, and people have limited access to me because I've got boundaries. It's uh, not about that. You mm, can still be a very connected, empathetic, open, loving person who has really healthy personal boundaries. Absolutely. It's just about becoming aware of like your triggers and what makes you feel anxious and and when you have those feelings, what are you going to do about it? Yes. Because you just run on that anxious hamster wheel round and round and round and nothing happens and you don't get to feel that best version of yourself. And this is where it leads into us talking about when we need to reassess our boundaries. So I feel like if your nervous system is constantly being triggered and you're feeling burnt out and you're not sleeping well, that's usually a sign for you to have a look at your life and thinking, okay, where can I set better boundaries? We all know that a lack of boundaries does have a big link to feeling anxious. So I think that today we're encouraging our listeners and ourselves to, to pay attention to when we do feel anxious um, and try to link it back to what the kind of thought process is. So, uh, okay, a good example is um, I wake up in the middle of the night um, if Izzy wakes up and um, once she is back asleep, I then can't get back to sleep because I'm lying in bed thinking about work and stressing about something. And then that to me is the perfect example of me perhaps needing to have better boundaries 
around work. Make, for other people, it could be a feeling of drowning, a feeling of struggling to maintain who they are to everyone and mm. all they do for everyone. So if you're feeling like I am barely keeping my head above water, like what can we look at? Okay, let's look at your family dynamic. Let's look at your work-life dynamic. Let's look at your relationship with your partner. Like is there a boundary that could be set where you perhaps do less for that person? 100%. <laughs> and you can start to feel a little bit less like your head's about to dip underwater. <laughs> Often it can um, it can manifest in feelings of frustration and anger and festering thoughts. I think that's always a really good sign to go, if you are festering over something and you're feeling really frustrated and angry, where did you fail to set a boundary for yourself? Mm. Don't blame the person who's irritating you. You need to have a look. You need to put your big girl pants on and go, at what point did I allow that person to cross a line? Well, that's when you start to resent them as well and then the relationship just kind of dies. Yes, mm. yes. So, B, what what are things that cause anxiety in your life? I'm in a pretty good place at the moment. You are but, in such a good place. Um, and that makes me so fucking happy. Just a few things I can touch on. And one of the big ones actually was a big change for Brett and I this year um, in our relationship was obviously my responsibilities in the workforce has like dramatically reduced, which has been so great for us. And that's another thing as well, just Tracing back. Side note. Side note was my anxiety around work this time last year was fucking through the roof. Like I was just, you know, the head was above water and I was just drowning underneath. And my boundary comes down, and we'll talk about this a little bit deeper in seasons, was my season of being a mum partnered with somebody who has a job in his field where I don't, I can't share the workload as much, I had to set up a boundary of like what my life is going to look like just for now. Yes. It's not the be yes. all and end all, like boundaries will change. And I really had to do a lot of work to just kind of surrender to the fact that this is how it's going to be for now. I've got all these skill sets. There's things that I can do on the side to continue building all of that up without the pressure of climbing the ladder. And so, yeah, I obviously... <laughs> Set a big boundary. <laughs> and, and you step down from your job. <laughs> and I step down from a company. Um, hey, man, we're still here to tell the tale. We're still here to tell the tale. But, like, it feels so fucking good. But a lot of work has to go into that as well with, you know, just even even something as 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 necessary as financial planning, you know, like that's a, that was a huge shift for you and Brett as a family. You know, your income changed like hundred percent. But I, what I really like you, what you, hold on, sorry, thirty weeks pregnant. <laughs> I'm going to muddle my words a little bit. <laughs> Did you know? Side note that by your third trimester, your brain has shrunk thirty percent. Wow, mate. I am normally a snappity girl with really good vocab <laughs> and I find myself grasping for words. So apologies, listeners. Um, Love it. Anyway, what I really enjoyed about your notes just then, B, was your thought on just for now. Mm. I've had a few friends lately who who are definitely having a shit time with the juggle and I and and, you know, a lot of the like – excuses and reasonings behind like basically like suffering through it was like but we're setting ourselves up and I, I actually said to one of my friends recently but like 
that's all well and good, but like, what if there's no marriage in three years' time or five years' time? Like, it's all well and good to be like, yeah, we, we, we're getting through this so that we're like set up for later, but like, but you might not even be like at this stage, you might not even be together. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a really hard concept to wrap our heads around because as humans, we are conditioned to like head down, bum up, get through it. But fuck, man, you could get hit by a bus tomorrow. So, like, there, there does need to be a certain element of like, like you, you do need to be happy now. A hundred percent. And I think that for now thing as well is like Brett is doing his part in with his business and with his job and I'm having my time with Hunter and in my role and just living my life and reducing the stretch, the stress. Um, and then that may switch. Like we've got plans in the future that we want to execute ideally and it would mean that like I might be doing more and he might be doing less. Like Yeah, he might be suddenly, you know, doing way more parenting than you are right now. There's no fucking rules. You're allowed to change the dynamic as you go. Yeah, and I think another one of the big boundaries um, was, and it has saved so much frustration in our relationship, is, and I don't want this to be a whole episode on like kids, but it's where we're at at the moment, but this can we resonate. We can't help but share it. We're mums. <laughs> sorry. We're always going to be a bit mumsy. But um, Brett, ha- he works all day um, on site and then for him to be able to quote jobs and, and he's got a lot of admin he needs to do, he has to do that at about after four o'clock and he can't really do two hours and expect to be able to quote jobs and he's a builder, by the way. And um, anyway, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays now – he doesn't come home for dinner. Like I'll have like a little bit of dinner there for him or he might have it at his mum's because he's got a little office there. Uh, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, I don't have the expectation of having Brett home for to help with like Hunter to put him to bed and I love it because I don't – Because you're not, not waiting. I'm not waiting. I don't have finished – my finish line isn't like, well, you said you were going to be here at six so I was going to do dinner and Hunter was going to be in the bath and then it all falls apart and he walks in the door and I'm frustrated. Brett walks in the door at like 9.30 some nights and I've just got a smile on my face and I'm so happy to see him. Because I'm not like, we fucking said you were going to be here. So Monday, Tuesday. that's so true? And like it doesn't bother – it bothers Brett that he's not there to put Hunter down and that really affects him some days. Um, But when he's with him, he can be completely with him because he's been able to flog it out those three days. And it was just me being like, I need to know – yeah. If I need my finish line, mate. Like I I yeah. need it. I'm and not particularly coping when with... you're parenting a toddler. Uh, you need uh, yeah. a goddamn finish line. And actually Brett came home before the film before Hunter went to bed the other night and I was like, No, no. We're like, organized. <laughs> we, we have a rhythm. We were less organized because my rhythm broke. Yeah. <laughs> I love that and I totally can resonate with that. Like and managing expectations is a huge part of setting boundaries. Um Shall we talk a little bit about different relationships in our lives that need boundaries? So I think we're probably going to break it down today into friends, family and romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about energy givers versus energy takers in terms of friends. (laughs) This is definitely something that comes with experience. Um, I wouldn't be sitting here talking about energy giving friends and energy taking friends um, at 20. That's no, for sure. No, um, I agree. God, you just put you put up with so much when you're younger, <laughs> don't you? Well, because also we're so programmed 
to be people pleasers from such a young age and you want to be liked by everyone and we want all want to do the same things like and we still do it now especially as women like how many times you've got something like just the whole people pleasing thing or just all wanting to be alike and just make sure that we're all on the same page like we've got to ask each other what we're wearing to an event just so like we don't stick out like a sore thumb you know like it's just it's definitely <laughs> something that comes into womanhood more than manhood I would say for sure it, I mean I don't want to gender it but <laughs> I agree with you I agree with you but yeah energy givers like I've got this thing about friendships that out of everything in your life your friendship should be the easiest relationship like your family you don't get to choose them so you get what you it might not always be easy <laughs> you get what you're given <laughs> and you've just got to you know deal with that <laughs> Um, and then relationships with your partner, it's a very intimate relationship and it's a lot more constant than with a friend. It requires work. It requires work. It requires intimacy. It requires like a lot of things. Constant attention. Whereas friends, I mean, my best friends in the world, like we will go months without seeing each other and often months without talking. And thank God that they don't require that from me. It's not to say that we're not close. And of course it all depends. There is a little bit of that, the issue of, um, of like how close you are geographically like mm. for example I might get a call from one of my besties who lives interstate and I I might actually have two minutes to talk but I will choose to ignore the call because I, I don't want to pick up the phone and then cut them off mm-hmm. but if I've got two Boundary. minutes and you call me I'll just be like hey yeah quickly and I can so then we talk more yeah and so do you know what I mean it's like this thing where like you actually talk more to and, and then our our relationship requires less work and less catching each other up but I think that comes down to like I want to give you time and I I need to like put aside time to do that. And I think with like your energy givers, you literally walk away from being yes. with them lighter, happier, warmer, safer, supported. Like it doesn't have you don't have to be having some kind of intervention or breakdown to feel like that with your friend. Like I'm so fortunate to have such a tight crew of girlfriends and we don't catch up that often but when we do it's just the most magical magical feeling but then sometimes there have been friends that you know I've felt of distance from over the years because they've kind of just run their course and that's okay as well like nothing bad has happened it's just that that we've grown apart and that's a boundary because if I started like for, for a while there have been, you know, a few friendships where I'm like, oh, my God, I don't see them and I should. But it's just like we're obviously not prioritising each other. So it's not that important to us. And why am I fighting for this friendship that just isn't naturally happening? And that's okay. Put, I could be putting my energy somewhere else. Like I'll always be there for that person. I can support that person or those people from a distance but I don't have to be living in everybody's pockets. Like it's who's got time for that? A hundred percent. And in terms of like, I feel like we, we're all pretty comfortable with like what an energy giver is. It's that exactly what you just said. It's that classic definition of you spend time with that person and they have filled your cup. They've mm. uplifted you. They've taken a weight off your shoulders because you've been able to have like a real conversation. Energy takers, you feel exhausted after spending time with them. And that can be for a number of different reasons. It could be for, it could be something as simple as I have a few people in my life who 
I don't know why, but every time we get together, I leave absolutely exhausted. And I think it's because no one ever finishes their fucking sentence. (laughs) The conversation is like a a fucking sword fight. And actually I have... I have I have a couple in my life who are like this where they're like they interrupt each other constantly and then they get annoyed at each other and you're kind of like trying to be a part of the conversation and you're like can you both just stop talking over each other so we can all get your friends this are gonna be like subject? is, is that it us <laughs> it's not who you think it is who I'm, I'm obviously not gonna fucking name names but um it you know so it, it can it, it it can manifest in many different ways it might not be that that person isn't loving and supporting but also like if you hang out with them and you can never finish the story that you wanted to tell them mm-hmm. or like the conversation is constantly just like or the constant drama in somebody's life where they're not just sorting their, their oh shit out oh my god that- oh you've got another problem that you're doing shit all about cool. <laughs> tell me about it i'm gonna then give you some really good advice which i know you're gonna ignore <laughs> <laughs> and there's a huge difference between like an energy a friend that's like taking your energy because they actually need your energy yes. like they need it because they're going through something and they need it it's it's also okay to be like Okay, that took a lot out of me, but they actually needed it yes. for good reason. Because they're going. We can't walk around time. and be like, oh, "I'm going to just swipe that person off my list because they took my energy today." Well, sometimes people need your energy. That's right. Um, they might be having a hard time with their partner. They might be grieving. Mm-hmm. They might be fucking trying to conceive and feel like they're losing the plot. There's a million different reasons why exactly what you said. But it's people the, need your yeah. energy. Yeah, but it's the people that like you. Every time you catch up, it gets to a point where you almost do that little eye roll of like. I've got to go and catch up with blah, blah, blah. Um, and also, like, nothing changes if nothing changes. Like, can you fucking pull your finger out and notice the pattern here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe the problem is you. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so that's friends. That's friends. So an easy way to define boundaries to have with friends, I think, is the classic, I, I, I know we were going to catch up on Saturday night, but I honestly need to go home and rest Um, that is a boundary that I've set and your friend should reply with, I totally understand. Mm -hmm. I hope you get what you need from the night. We're so supportive of doing I can't wait to catch up with you soon. We're so supportive of doing that to each other. Oh, my God. (laughs) Absolutely. That's a boundary that that Mm. is an easy one to set with a friend. And if your friend replies with a guilt trip, then, you know. If you're not feeling comfortable with being able to communicate a simple need as resting and an important need for that matter as just having some time out to yourself, then you need to start to question Mm -hmm. that friend, Mm -hmm. that friendship. And not in the most dramatic way to be like, we need to talk. You don't respect my boundaries. It's like if they're not respecting your boundaries, maybe that's a friendship that just needs to run its course. Yeah, just let it fizzle a little bit, give it some space. Another boundary that's important to look at when it comes to friendship, at least from my perspective, I'm obviously not a boundary expert, I'm not a freaking therapist, but um, a friend who asks too much of you. So a friend who expects things from you that are unreasonable, um, It that could come in time, it could come in financial commitments, like 
I've got a few people in my life who are like, oh, yeah, my friend expected like me to do X, Y, Z when I was pregnant, like organise a baby shower, create a register for me, like do this, do that. And I was like, you can't, you just can't be expecting that from people. People are busy. People, people are saving. You can't, you can't expect someone to always say yes to an expensive dinner or an expensive trip overseas. Mm-hmm. So that's another place where like boundaries may need to be set. Yeah. And as you get older, people do expect more from you because they think you have more. Yeah, or, or actually I feel like my friendships have gone the other way and we expect so much less from each other now because everyone's like, Actually, Dude. no, you're right, you're right. There's With my core group of girlfriends, everyone's like, it was, oh, no, I expect the bare minimum from you. A phone call yeah. once a month is more than enough. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, you're right. Family. <sighs> family is a big one for boundaries. I feel like there's a lot of people out there who have family members who do not respect their boundaries. That could be a boundary of constantly popping over to the house. <laughs> that could be a boundary of communicating with your child as if they're your friend and not remembering that actually they are your child. Mm. Um, I think there's a family. Can't live with them, can't live without them. <laughs> um, no, I've got, I've got an awesome family. But, um, yeah, it's. I think we put up with so much more shit from our family and find it really difficult to set boundaries with family members because they're your family. So you just have to put up with it. Oh, I love him, but, you know, he's my brother. Oh, I love him. I love her. But, oh, you know. It's my mom, like it's mm. it's my auntie, it's my you know whoever it is. You feel like you have to put up with them because well, you're related them, to them, but the what? behavior because you're related to them. You know, we don't say that about anybody else in our life. Yeah, it's so just true. Such a I notice people saying it all the time. I um, feel like just I've because so someone is your brother or your mother or your cousin, it doesn't mean doesn't give them an excuse to talk to you in ways that they would never speak to your friends. Or do things, do things. They cross, you know, they cross the boundaries that have been set there, like put there or they've, you know, crossed the line and offended people or hurt people and the forgiveness comes so much quicker and you just, like, you know, you forgive and you forget so much quicker but then you hold it inside you because they're family. Do you want to talk about, like, boundaries that you feel across... When your parents divorced? Oh my I feel God. like that's something we talk about quite yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, my parents got divorced. If you have, We've done an episode on my parents' divorce. If you Definitely go, go and check it out if you haven't already, particularly if your parents divorced. And actually, I've received a lot of DMs from people whose parents divorced when they were older, aka yeah. teens or adults, mm. and they found your the way that you opened up on that episode to be so helpful. So thank you, B. You're welcome. Well, yeah, I was 19 when my parents, they broke up when I was 18 and um, got divorced when I was 19. Yeah. And um, I think the biggest boundary were the boundaries that they didn't set for me. I needed them to have boundaries because there was no, you said, you said it before about being the child and the friend, like I became their support system and their friend, but, I didn't have parents supporting me through their divorce because they divorced each other, because I was 19, because I was partying and living it up with my friends. And when I look back at that, that was just my coping mechanism was to get was, fucked up, <laughs> sex, drugs and rock and roll. Um, <laughs> they thought I was fine. Mm. Um, 
But, but yeah, it that, happened to you too. Your family unit got split up. Your the picture of your life, like you know, I, I have friends whose parents broke up this year or two mm. years ago. They're they're fully fledged adults. It's and, harder because you know everything. So you, that's yeah. another boundary. You know too much information. Yeah, fucking. You know, then you've got boundary issues with their friends. Like their friends will say inappropriate things, or it, there's just like fucking boundaries thrown everywhere. I think divorce is is huge. Um, well, I think you're mourning what you thought your life was going to look like. Even if you're an adult and you can cope with the fact that your parents don't love each other anymore, it's stupid little things like Christmas and and when you have a baby. Like I, the 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 storyline has changed, and you're allowed to grieve mm-hmm. that. Yeah, no, I think um, families, and it makes it difficult. And again, it was the same thing. Like I put up with so much shit. <laughs> Because I, because it was because my mom was my dad. It was you know that just tattoo, um, and you do you know like I I do and look I'm saying it so there's my boundary issue, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do love them and we were all going through stuff and I I learned a long time after like years and years after maybe what nineteen like it took me almost a good ten years to um set some firm some firm boundaries like that's I don't want you to talk to me about that mum or um just because yeah dad you can't call me when you're like this you need to call a mate or whatever yeah 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 yeah. um and I'm always there for them um but I've been like a little bit more clear in my language and I didn't actually sit down and have some kind of intervention and be like (laughs) this is my list of things that I need you to do it would arise as I would get older and those feelings of like anxiety and frustration and things would come up during an event or anything in particular over the years as I become became more comfortable in expressing and communicating. I was like my communication skills, I love a chat. I will talk to the cows come home, but I have found it so difficult over the years to be able to communicate what I need to people. I'm very good at communicating for others. You're a great sounding board and advocate. Um, and I think a lot of women will identify with this. I identify with this. Oh my God, I'm wonderful when it's someone else's problem. Oh my God, I'm like the protective lioness that just comes out of the cage. Yes, you yeah. are. And then. But when it comes to you, and I think that comes down to like, you know, if we really wanted to be honest with ourselves, it's like giving yourself, you know, respecting your own self worth. Um, okay, look, we could really delve deep into family, but I feel like. We've heard about me. Do you have any boundaries? That's like a big topic, divorce. Um, I have pretty good boundaries with my family. I have a, I'm very lucky with my relationship with my family. I don't – my parents are still together. Um, do you know what I'll bring up? <laughs> it's like right down the other end of the spectrum and it's something that I talk about with a few of my friends um, in relation to raising children and, like, the role of the grandparents. Okay, so this is minor. This is, like, Chris and I have both won the jackpot with our parents and the friends that I talk to, they have won the jackpot with their parents and they're very supportive and very helpful. But let's go there because I know there's (laughs) going to be some mums out there who identify with this. Um, Boundaries around how you are going to choose to raise your child Um, in terms of language and diet and things like that. And my mum is so respectful of those boundaries to the point where sometimes she asks too many times for, like, direction. 
where I'm like, you can just do, you can just do it. You don't even need to ask me about it. But it's because one of her best friends is a really hands-on grandmother, and and my mum often brings up this example. She said, "Oh, how do you go looking after you know the girls for so and so?" And and her friend said to her. I don't do what I want to do. I do exactly what she tells me. And my mum took that note and she ran with it. And God bless her. I love her for it. So she is so respectful of that boundary. However, I definitely have friends who like, and it's stupid little things, babe. Like perfect example is over the weekend, my friends told me that they, um, that their um, grandparents took their little nine month old out for an afternoon, gave the parents a break and they came home and they're like, we had ice cream. (laughs) And the dad was like, he said, I couldn't say anything because I'm fucking grateful for the help. But like the inside of me was like, first of all, well, we didn't want to do that yet. And second of all, don't you think for the very first time my kid has ice cream, I want to fucking be there? But, like, what can you yeah, – and this is a perfect example of of, um, of probably letting the boundary slide and just yeah. taking what you can get because if you get help, great. Another example is – and this one's more important and this is one that probably does need to be asserted if that's something that you're buying into as a parent. Let me explain. The language around children expressing emotion and being upset – even if they are upset for a seemingly insignificant tiny thing like I took off, I took a pen lid off you because you might choke on it. <laughs> so realistically um, it is, it is you know, not ideal that you are upset and you're crying about it. But I don't want to start habits where I just say stop crying, you're fine, shush. What I have said to Izzy from the moment that she was born, when she was a newborn and she cried, I would say to her, I'm listening. I hear you. Mm -hmm. Tell mummy all about it. And Izzy's communication skills, as you have seen, are excellent. And I think that I... I am able to curve her emotional reaction sometimes because I listen to her and I don't just tell her to shut up. Mm. And what I notice with older generations is this tendency to say, stop crying, shush, it's okay, <laughs> be a big boy, be a big girl, you're fine. Whereas it's like, oh, no, they just, say, what's wrong with him? <laughs> like, that's not how I want to do it. No. And that is something that that I, I will assert to people. And mm. I will say, I, I really don't want her to tell her to stop crying. I want her to feel completely comfortable to cry in my mm. arms and you know what when they feel comfortable to cry in your arms they stop real quick mm. if you tell them to shut up and you drag them by the arm and you try to hurry it up i would say nine times out of ten i'm sending hunter to Tori's boot camp because <laughs> i fucking listen and he will still have a tantrum for 30 course, minutes i mean this is not like a fix-all i think that i think that um if you go away and try that that doesn't work i'm just letting you know it's more about the parenting choice yeah. not about the outcome and also you can't control the outcome of a toddler that's up to them but what you don't want is someone who's looking after hunter telling him to shut up no absolutely not no a hundred percent and that's that's when you actually have to bring out your your I was about to say borders, but boundaries. Borders, boundaries. Your boundaries to be like, this is actually a boundary for us. This is how we are choosing to raise our child. It's not like it's not like a subtle boundary of like, you know, things that slide. This is like actually this is how we do things and 
This and is this how is you important. have to. Yeah, this and is th- important. This is different to, to a bit of sugar on a Saturday afternoon. Absolutely. This is this is something that I think is 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 actually going to play into like the complex development of my child's ability to communicate. And what I don't want is a family household where we sweep things under the rug. Um, and so yeah, so and and I have friends who we you know we will identify with this with each other. We're like, oh my gosh, like I notice that you know this person who I love and respect and who who is physically helping me with the child said something to them that I don't want them to say and I you know that's a tough one but it's probably worth the conversation mm. you know like and th- and they don't know as well it's not you don't have to go in and be like mom dad this isn't how we do things in our household don't talk to hunter like that no you can just say like mom when he gets upset this is what we're doing like you don't don't be offended about how people do things either it's all they know it's- oh everyone's doing their fucking best yeah. do you know what i said to my my friend i've got one particular friend in mind now who she she was really struggling with her own mother um saying don't cry to the child mm. and she was like i just don't know how to say it to her cuz it's going to break her heart and i said Here's what you should do. This is where a white lie, people, is a handy old thing. I said, say that and the poor mother-in-law, I said, say that your mother-in-law did it and it upset you and that you wanted to change it. And then hopefully your your own mother is self-aware enough to go, fuck, sometimes I do that too. Babes, just divert, divert, divert. Divert. But provide an example where someone did the same behaviour yes. but don't put it on them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, report back to us, guys. Send us a DM if there's something like that, you know, something where you're receiving help and you're bloody grateful for it but it's not quite how you wanted it to be how are you maneuvering your way around that boundary because of course there is that element of well I don't want to be ungrateful I do think families are the hardest boundaries to set because you always feel like especially if it is a parent um, or a sibling or something like that you almost feel like you owe them something as well Um, totally so yeah boundaries with family are hard do you know what we did with my mum um, this is like a nice example of 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 a way that we were all we we were quite good with our boundaries. So when I had Isabella, my mum came down. I needed my mum, um, and it was COVID, and Sydney <laughs> went into lockdown. Luckily, before we had organised for mum to come and stay. We all recognised that in our tiny apartment, it would be much better for her to be across the road but not in the house and that's just something that my family has no problem with and mum's like I'm not going to want to sleep in the house and I was like fuck no Chris and also Chris and I need that we need that space as as husband and wife to like own this like doesn't mean I don't want mum there every day but like having the ability to go home at night at the end of the day and everyone have their space was huge and thank god we did that because you know what mum was stuck in sydney for four months so So we had a physical like i'm literally when i say the word boundary now it's like a physical boundary where she left the house and that's such a good one for anyway it doesn't you don't even have to be going through that like if you don't want a holiday in houses with families like you can set like have different accommodation like boundaries are just they're endless um but sometimes they're not obvious yes and finally, um, when we're talking about different relationship dynamics, let's talk about romantic relationships, boundaries within romantic relationships. Comes such a long way with that too. Um, you have massively. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. I don't even know what, where, like, I, I'm such a totally different person 
and thank God because I love growing and evolving and and changing over time. But um, yeah, my boundaries. Hmm, where do I start with that one? I think it's just really getting comfortable that I don't have to do everything with Brett. I think when, thank God, the honeymoon season doesn't last. <laughs> fucking ever like I still feel like you know we've got we've got it so good and he is just the love of my life but like the honeymoon season we used to say I remember we were on such a high horse and thought that our honeymoon season lasted for so long and I think because we didn't have kids for so long as well we were just like you know we quit our jobs at one point and went traveling and it was like sex all the time we're like oh my god like we are legit we are so good but there was a side to me that, like, I didn't want to do anything without him. You know, I would struggle if he'd go on a boys' trip. I would struggle if he, like, went out for the night. And that was an insecurity from past relationships as well. Um, but, yeah, I have – but that didn't make me a very good person. And it's so funny now. I actually need to withdraw from our relationship and have complete alone time. Becky time. Becky time and Breddy time. And Breddy time and Becky time looks like two very different things. Breddy time is being social. Becky time has been alone. Literally isolated in the woods with my horse <laughs> with no reception. <laughs> um, Fuck, babe. I need my alone time so much and I don't get much of it, but, like, I need it. Yeah. And I, I like you... Um, I think it's a Leo thing. I think that when we're in a social situation, we're always going to throw ourselves in. We're going to make sure we're a part of things. Yeah. I want to light up a room and, and, and be engaging, but it also means that when I am done, I am tired and mm. I love – I think a lot of people – it get surprised by you and I when we both say, oh, I really need my time alone because we're not um, we're not introverts. No, 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 no. We're introverted. We're extroverted introverts. Yes. Um, I still don't know if I actually buy into that. I don't know. Uh, uh, Well, if you do, that's what we are. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, yeah, definitely evolved um, in that way. And then also I think because we didn't have children for quite a long time, you know, we were able to be a lot more social. And Brett is somebody that – I wouldn't call him the life of the party because sometimes he would fall asleep at a party. But um, but his batteries get charged by being around other well, people. Well, I'm just saying like even just going out together, I would always feel we needed to come home together because we are a couple and we need to leave the event together. But sometimes Brett just wants to let off some steam with his friends and have a bit of a night and I don't want to. But for me, that was an issue because mm. it's like, why doesn't he want to come home with me? Again, it was all about my insecurities. But the last thing you want to do is pull someone away, particularly if they've had a shit time and they just need to see their mates. Oh, I've definitely got friends like that. And and it's it's not only the female. It can be either the male or the female and they pull their partner home and I'm always like, why can't you just get two separate Ubers? Yes. I know yep. you can afford it. Yep. And now it's my favourite thing to do because I come home a bit earlier mm, and I'll order a little yourself. pizza, oh. put on a little oh. show, and I'm like, he's out. Choosing your own he's show. having fun. I'm having fun. I got enough out of the night that I need. My relationship with socialising has changed so much. I used to be used to like hit it pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty hard. And now I don't enjoy hitting it really hard anymore. Like I'd, I like to have a drink, but I actually don't like getting drunk and, and partying how I used to. And 
uh, for, for so long and it's only till recently that I've felt like I've had to kind of like apologize for it and make an excuse for it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm hearing and I'm agreeing. And it's just like, I actually don't like partying anymore. And it's people are like, but why? Well, I think I'll tell you why. You gave it a good hot, red hot go. You gave it a good nudge. You got it out of your system. You're not going to get to 40 and have a midlife crisis. You did it. You yeah. did the dash. It's like dating a few men before you pick one. Mm-hmm. I think that was a healthy choice. And yeah. I think that that's nice now. You're comfortable. You're settled down. You've tried And that's my boundary. I've tried a few. <laughs> I mean, it's not for everyone, but, I mean, I really subscribe to that. Yeah. I think it's nice to know what's out there. A hundred percent. And I, do, <laughs> I love that so much. And the party life was for me, but, yeah. Oh, my God, same. I think, um, I think when you pull back from doing that, people kind of it makes them think about their choices oh it's like like, holding a mirror yeah but if that's making them happy do it but if it's not making me happy I'm allowed to I'm allowed to withdraw and I've definitely withdrawn from so much um I think people misplace your need for self-care for judgment on them and it's like yeah it's that age-old saying this isn't about you <laughs> i don't care if you're getting fucked up please go and get fucked up actually tell me about it in the morning i want to hear about it yeah i just don't want to do it right now um and i really just like for me now it's just about owning being who i want to be um 100 and yeah and it's just it's yeah it's just a funny one but there there are a couple of boundaries um definitely like letting not letting letting Brett <laughs> letting Brett's out but like Brett being able to just being comfortable with Brett now just that's his boundary he needs to let off he wants to let off steam doesn't need to and that's what he wants to do and he needs to do it without permission he doesn't or feeling need, guilty he doesn't need a permission slip he's no. 36 years old like and you know I, I've definitely noticed as well when I'm not I mean it hasn't happened in a very long time but when I would wouldn't make an issue about it. Brett would do the, in inverted commas, the right thing in my eyes and like. Come home early. Come home earlier <laughs> because he's that. not letting off. Yes. Like, you know, that Some, kind of frustration of like, fuck, like I'm going to go home anyway. She's going to have the shits anyway. Like you make them want to come home, you know, and I'm just like, hey, babe, you're home. Like. hundred percent. Yeah. God, those days. I feel like um, the thing that I always um, harp on about when it comes to relationships and boundaries is set them early. Mm, you are so good at this. My mom has said to I me wasn't. so many times, be like Tori. <laughs> <laughs> what would Tori do? <laughs> Leslie, another reason I love you. Um, but, but I'm telling you right now, the only reason that I nailed it with Chris is because in the past I absolutely didn't set boundaries and it didn't end well for yeah. me. I felt like shit. And I say to my friends, do not try and be, in quotation marks, the cool girl. Mm. Chris knew from the get-go what I was happy with, what I wasn't happy with. If there was, If a line was going to be crossed... I, it's it's not even about that certain line. It's more like you do what you want, but it won't be with me. And I have very clear boundaries and there are things that I'll put up with and things that I won't. And he, God love him, always respected them. But it takes two to tango. Someone can only respect your boundaries if you communicate them. You cannot expect someone to read your mind. No. There might be things that are really, and I'm not talking 
don't cheat on me. That's a fucking obvious one. But I'm talking little things, little things. You need to set yourself up for success. You need to speak in the moment if someone upsets you rather than letting it fester. So this is a huge thing for me that, that I suppose, yes, if, if, you, if we're going to get technical about it, is a boundary. My boundaries are around festering and tone of voice and words of kindness. I am – Chris Chris always laughs at me when I talk <laughs> about this because I'll be like – there'll be like a moment of like mild frustration and I'll be like, see, we just we can't become those people. He was like, babe, we are A+. Plus. We are A+, plus <laughs> in all of this and you need to chill because we, we have no danger of becoming those people. But I think it's because I'm constantly working on it because I my nightmare, my absolute nightmare is fucking talking to each other oh, like you I don't like each say. other. I hate that. Festering over stupid things so that you blow up over something. Uh, blow up to someone about something that actually isn't the problem and more more than anything now that I'm a parent is he absorbing that yeah because where do they learn how to communicate they are listening when you don't think they are they are incredibly intelligent the way Chris puts it and it's perfect is Izzy understands English language she can't talk fluently in it but you say to her, go and get the specific book or go and do this, and she does it. She yeah. is aware. And more, and also, without wanting to sound in quotation marks, woo-woo, energetically, it is a huge thing. You can – we all can feel the energy mm-hmm. in the room when people are pissed off. We've all had our friends arrive to a party and if they're a couple oh. and they've just had a fight in the car. Energy is a thing. Yes, mm. like you said, you can fucking cut a knife with it. So for me, I have really, really big boundaries around language and tone and um, blow-ups, I suppose. Like my whole – my whole like approach to our relationship, and when I say our relationship, I mean my marriage, and is, ours is under ours, darling. Of course, my second marriage is avoiding blowups. Mm. So that means last Commun- week, communicating. I go to Chris. Hey, and he knows. <laughs> oh, I know He's that. Like, hey, so well. He makes fun of me every time. He he literally laughs while I'm telling him, and I'm like, this isn't a time to laugh. I'm being serious. But he's like, I know when you say, hey, you've got some feedback for me. I'm like, hey, I, I've told you. Um, I don't think I could tell you again, actually, because I've told you so many times. When you put food in the fridge uncovered, it drives me crazy. You put a can of tuna in the fridge in its can with the lid open. And I said, Isabella isn't going to eat that because it is dried out. We have now wasted a premium Serena 185 gram fucking can of tuna. And I'm saying it to you And I'm pregnant. And I'm fucking pregnant. Um, But, like, I'm going to say it. And then I let it go. And hopefully he hears me. Sometimes he doesn't. Some, you know, he might do it again. He's human. But the whole point is I could look at, I could open the fridge and go, for fuck's sake, and then not say something and then and then something else will come up and then I snap at him for something mm. stupid. I always, and like I'm sure Chris would love it if I didn't always do this, but I, I the second he's done something, I tell him. And I expect the same back. And I and you have to be able to, if you're going to give it, my God, you better be able to take it. I feel like men do put ears. up with a lot more. Of, like, the little things that we must do that just, like, eat away at them. It doesn't affect them. They don't don't seem to be as sensitive to it. Because I think about, like, all the things I'm (laughs) picking at Brett at, just, like, daily, like, oh, like I'll open the garbage and it's full and I'm like, he could have just taken that out like on the way to work and I'll sometimes send a photo. <laughs> oh, 
yeah. And um, be like, oh, garbage is full. Like, he would never do that. But, okay, would just- I hear you. I hear you. But I And I, and I agree with you. But I'm going to counter that by saying, yes, okay, men by nature are more laid back. However, women by nature have a lot more on their plates. And they, they're going to do more to make their partner's yeah. life easier. I know Chris really appreciates when I do XYZ, so I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. I'm going to think about doing this and he'll, he doesn't even have to ask me. I'm going to do it. So, yeah. you know. Speaking of boundaries, <laughs> believe it or not, um, I also think this ties in like with social, family, friends and relationships. But when you're in a relationship and you feel like – you need to bring the attention back to each other, setting boundaries with your own personal work and family and Mm. friends so you can concentrate on each other. Um, Because that is something Brett and I haven't like sat down and spoken about it this year, but just with the shift and changes in our, um, you know, with me, with work and just our our relationship. It's falling into place naturally. It's falling into place. And, you know, we pick up now because there's less kind of tension in the house of like competing over work, um, we pick up when we really miss each other. Um, whereas before missing each other kind of wasn't that was happening. Still at the bottom of the yeah, list. <laughs> just like I've got so much I need to I do. I don't miss you because you annoy me a lot. Yeah. yeah whereas okay. like now, you know, we'll say things like, oh, I've like I miss you and I see him every day, but like what it means is like I miss us, like just Brett and Beck, not Brett, Beck and Hunter, um, mm-hmm. the parents, and we're being becoming a lot more aware of that and it doesn't mean like we're booking in dates or weekends away but we will set a boundary to be like at 5 o'clock, f- like phones down or work, like his work email goes down. We make sure Hunter's like ready put to bed early and we just have a night together um, at home that's just us and we like cuddle on the couch. Like we don't lay at separate ends of the couch and – watch it tech like do you know what I mean like we have a night where it's a thing like the other week I came home and he he um it had been a week with you know a toddler and his work and just like just one of those weeks and um he just did the cutest cutest thing um hunter I put hunter he's like you put hunter to bed and I walked out and on the balcony there was a beautiful bottle of wine he'd had the barbecue there was like he'd put candles and everything but that was for no reason um but because we are recognizing what we need from each other and when we need it um it's because you've got healthier boundaries because we've got healthier boundaries and I like went to take a photo he's like just put your phone down and enjoy it. Yes. Do not ruin this moment by trying to capture this like oh, fucking Instagram setup. I love that. Um, and I he's really that. good at doing that with me. Um, I love that. So yeah. And so one, another boundary that came to mind when you talked about that, um, you know, kind of like recognizing where someone's limits are without actually having to articulate it. A really simple one for us that probably a lot of people identify with is the mental load of um, food in our house and um, what's for dinner, right? Like that is something that is 100% on me Um, and and that is something that I am happy to do and that I actually enjoy and that um, it brings me joy making a beautiful meal for my husband every night and cooking for Izzy. However... The boundary there is that it is never expected. 
He never expects it. It's it's a fucking bonus. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, it's a bloody nice bonus because my meals are delicious. Mm-hmm. But he never expects it. And the and and if there ever comes a time, and it doesn't happen often, but occasionally there will be a time. A perfect example is when I was fucking vomiting every day for four and a half months. I might we might end the day and I'll be like, I can't do dinner. I can't deal with it. And Chris is like, I'm on it. There's not. I don't have to say another thing. He is all over it and he will drop everything because he knows how important it is to me yep. to make sure that I have dinner. And that is like, that is a boundary where I am doing something for you, but you don't expect it. And yep. like, I think that that is really healthy just because you're in the rhythm of something. Mm-hmm. Don't expect too much from your partner. Anyway, God, we could go down the rabbit hole of, of, relationships and I know that that's quite a relatable thing for everyone but I want to get more sort of broad again now mm-hmm. I've written down a note here um on the power of no mm-hmm. and how sometimes the response of no is completely adequate on its own as a people pleaser as a self-professed people pleaser this is something that I am working on I find it very difficult to say no or I can't make it or I won't be there or no, I cannot take on this project right now mm. without two more paragraphs. Well. <laughs> and I feel like, come on, <laughs> give me your Oprah moment, B. I'm well, ready for it. My ears are open. You've said it like this is coming straight from you is that you measure your self-worth on productivity. Yes. And that's in a nutshell if you say no to things your self-worth gets lower mm. because I'm you're not doing not, you're not doing um but your self-worth isn't measured on your productivity at all saying you, you need to just be able to say no and people need to learn how to deal with that word when you say no to something you are saying yes to something else And what that yes is, is something that you want to do. Something is like, if if you're saying no to catching up with a friend this afternoon, you you were supposed to go for a walk. You don't feel like going for a walk. You know what? No, I'm not going to go this afternoon. That's enough. But what you are doing is saying yes to yourself. So next time you catch up with that person, it's going to be a full yes from you. You want your yeses to actually be a yes. Um, yeah, that, fuck, that resonates because the last thing you want to do is hang out with someone who doesn't want to be there. No. it's And it's the same as like work calls. You don't want to be on, like some, you know, and this is very, sometimes there are things that you have to do and mm-hmm. that is just mm-hmm. life. I don't want to be sitting here being like, your boundaries control your life. Like, yeah, fuck. Well, Jesus, we've all, we all know the 22-year-old who has boundaries so well set that they're uh, fucking living in a fantasy world. A hundred <laughs> fucking percent. <laughs> and we can do an episode on that. <laughs> We're talking about finite situations. Talking I know about what finite, you're yeah, yeah, like yeah. you need to be able to do what makes you happy. Yeah. Like if, if you're taking on an extra work call because you don't want to let somebody down, guess what? The sun rises tomorrow. You can make that phone call tomorrow. Or yes, and like saying no to uh, – and I'm, I'm so much better at this. I still need to work on it. But saying no to someone else's project – 
you know, uh, the nature of our business and our brand and and I'm going to own this, even though in my head I'm like, you sound wanky, you sound wanky, Tori, you're allowed to own this. The nature of my creativity and my ambitious character means that I attract people into my bubble who want a piece of it and they want me to do the work for them. And let me ask So you. they propose things and I'm like, but what you're really wanting is actually me to do this for you. When it comes to your friends, though, you do you get excited by a project that they're approaching you for? Oh, my God, I'll do anything in the world to support a friend's project. But do you want to sometimes? Like once you – I think that what I'm trying to say is that I feel like you're somebody that – in the moment, you're like, yes. It's like when somebody invites you to do. Remember, we got invited to a lunch, <laughs> yeah. and we were like, do you know what? It would be, be a nice re- to get dressed. It'd up. be really nice to get dressed up and go together. It's a really nice venue. We should go. And then I was like, you know what's going to happen? It's going to get to the fucking day, and then we're, I'm not going to want to go. I'm. It's going to be at lunchtime. I'm going to have to get ready and curl my fucking hair with a toddler pulling my pants down. And then I've got to get an Uber and get home. And I'm probably just going to sit next to Tori in a room full of people and just talk to her when I could just go for an intimate dinner and give her my undivided attention, which was the intention of going to that event was to be with you. Yeah. And when you were like, should we go? And then I changed my mind. I was like, just no. Yeah. Like yeah. there was no other reason other than I don't want to. And that's completely fine to 100%. do. 100%. Um, but going back to the projects, yeah, I think. Well, from a work perspective, I think like. You get excited. You get excited. And also like I will see um, the potential in something or or I'll want to help someone. But when you say no to, particularly when you own a business, right, when you say no to someone else's project, that means that you can actually work on something that's important for your brand and your business. Mm-hmm. And even like I've gotten so much better now at being like I am I'm not saying yes to opportunities that aren't revenue generating. Yeah. Um or like on Instagram, um, do you want to me to send you a fucking shampoo and you do a post about it? It's like no. Well I uh, no. Um <laughs> no I don't. Um for for a number of reasons. A because I really value um the trust of of the um, peaches following, and um, if I start talking about teeth whitening products, then they're going to call bullshit. And second of all, like it's still work, and like I, I literally have a response saved, and I wrote one for you mm-hmm. because you were like, "How do I say no to this?" And the response is like, "Thank you so much for thinking of me," because like, of course, it is a privilege and an honor to have a brand reach out and mm-hmm. want to work with you. However, like. As a working mother, I can only prioritise paid work. And I think people forget just because they're giving you a product doesn't mean that you are being paid for that work. And, like, I do not have capacity to work for free when I am already doing all the shit that I'm doing. Mm. And, and when you lay down that law, it feels so fucking good. You've definitely got a lot better at saying no. What do you think you struggle with? Um, oh, my God. Still so much. Like, like what are the hardest – what are your hardest no's? My hardest no's are probably linked to passion projects, things that um, – where I feel like I can help people um, or it's a subject that I'm passionate about um, or, or things that, like, in, in you know – 
in the perfect world, I would have time for that. But in reality, that's going to take away from my ability to A, do my job well and B, enjoy my role as a mother mm. because I can't enjoy my role as a mother if I'm saying yes to too much. Um, oh, yeah, I, I find it really hard to say no to like even my own ideas. Like I'll be like to Chris, oh, I've had this idea, I'm going to do this initiative. And Chris will be like, that sounds really good, but do you think – um, this happened this week. Chris was like, the baby's coming in eight weeks, probably, probably, maybe more, maybe less. We don't know. Isabella came at 80 weeks. I'm about to be 31 weeks. So we, we're on around, I'm feeling around eight weeks here. Yeah. Chris said, do you think this is the time to start a new project? <laughs> and I find it so hard to say you're right. I just need to actually lean into like doing less. Well, yeah. And like I said, actually said to Chris this morning when, when we woke up, I said, I'm uh, like from today, I want to get myself back into the birth realm, mm-hmm. step back a little bit from work. Boundary. Boundary and start absorbing all of the content that I did in my first pregnancy that I haven't even had a chance to think about this pregnancy. Me being pregnant is a fucking afterthought most of the time, not only because I have a toddler, but also because our business has exploded in this pregnancy. And I'm really proud of what we've achieved, but like a lot of like this pregnancy has been has for me has been about literally pushing through pain discomfort or severe sickness to achieve results Mm. i was opening studios and fucking running to the bathroom and vomiting i have been maintaining new projects and new relationship connections when i'm in like i'm really not one to uh, i don't want to complain and i don't like i'm so grateful to be pregnant but my reality right now is that i'm in physical pain constantly because of my pelvis. I've got pubic symphysis dysfunction, which means that um, she's in pain right now. It's I'm in pain all the time. I'm in I am in pain all the time, and that is something that I have chosen to manage um, through very strict boundaries. <laughs> There's that word again on my outlook and on my um, on my routines. There mm. are things that I can do to try and keep it in check, but a lot of it comes down to I hate to say it me just not overthinking it and focusing on what I can focus on but like I don't want to look back on this pregnancy and be like it was a like my mum was like you have done so much in this pregnancy and that is amazing but like just remember that like you're also you're it is a fucking marathon. Like all those, I feel like all pregnant women or women who have been pregnant jumped on these studies that came out this year about. Um, oh yeah, you're doing a study at the. Oh, that too. Well, that that's related to miscarriage. But I'm talking about that thing that went viral online where they realised, and I think it was their AHM or ARM levels. I'm clearly misquoting this, but basically they did a study on people's. Um, resistance levels and ability to maintain a physically demanding taxing Mm -hmm. process on their body and what they realized was was that people who run marathons hit a certain level but women who are pregnant are at a level just shy of that and they maintain it for almost 10 months. Oh, Whereas people who run marathons... Maintain it for two hours. Yeah. Or four like, hours or what whatever. It's, I think it's a lot longer than that. I think marathons are like <laughs> Four hours. hours. No, <laughs> marathons are really long. Marathons are like 40-something kilometres. 
Well, Actually, it would take you. <laughs> I don't know, but look, clearly we're not in the marathon world, but I'm pretty sure two hours isn't right. Two hours is half a marathon. <laughs> so I'm saying but four hours. Aren't there like ultra marathons where they run like day and night? My best hours. friend just did a How ultra long did it take her? 10 hours. There you go. But that was 70 something Ks, and that's called an ultra marathon. Okay. Anyhow. Chris, marathon, <laughs> marathon runners maintain it for short, short periods, periods of time. time. Women maintain that physically taxing state throughout their pregnancy and it hit a nerve with me and I know it hit a nerve with so many women because you don't give yourself credit when you're in that state and it's like not only is my body running a marathon right now like I literally fucking equate parenting a toddler to a marathon it Mm -hmm. is physical it's an extreme sport too it's an extreme sport not only physically but emotionally Mm -hmm. there's a lot of oh you just gotta patience patience Mm -hmm. more patience and then how can i best communicate to my child so that they can learn and that they take this from a place of love and safety so it's a marathon it's like you are you think yourself aware and then you raise a child and you're like okay wow, like I need to really think here how I manage this situation because I, I believe it affects them. And that's your priority at the moment now. You've switched the, you've switched the flick. You flicked the switch. Um, switched the flick. Flick the switch. And um, that's what you want to focus on. And for you to be able to focus on that and honour that, you do have to set boundaries. And all those passion projects, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, there's time to do that yeah. kind of stuff. It's not like it's not going to happen. It's not like it's not going to happen. Peaches isn't going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You're going to be in a, if you say no to those passion projects now because you actually don't have time for it. Imagine how awesome they're going to be when you do have the when time you have the and capacity. you do have the capacity to say yes. There's such a huge difference. Like I can't believe the t- like it, it's like when I was trying to make the decision or figuring out what my decision would be to exit peaches or if that's something what I wanted to do. I didn't make that, didn't wake up one day and be like, I'm so fucking over this, I'm done. Like that was, I look back into my little journal and it was like six months worth of like just little notes of, you know, of how I was feeling, what was triggering me, like, and it all makes sense now. It didn't so much at the time. And then again, recently, like I've had time to just kind of process like what the next stages are. And I'm not making any sudden movements. I'm figuring out if we've got capacity. I'm talking to like, you know, Brett, communicating with Brett, like what should our next steps be? Like not just wanting and desiring something and then just being like, because you need to respect your boundaries. Like you you jump on something too quickly and you're not respecting those boundaries. It's not going to be what you want it to be or what you imagine it to be. Yes, yes. And that comes back to that initial kind of thought that we kind of talked about at the start, which is I guess at, at, its, at its very essence, at its definition, a boundary is self-preservation and a boundary is providing yourself the ability to be your best self. Mm-hmm. And thank mm-hmm. you for coming to our TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, shall we, shall, we, shall we finish with the thought around um, – you know, the fact that this doesn't have to be, um, I'm calling a family intervention (laughs) and I'm going to set my boundaries. Yeah, boundaries don't have to be big. They can be a concept where you start so small. Something as simple as I'm going to put my phone on do not disturb like Beck did on her date night the other night 
and not answer phone calls. It's also, especially for somebody who does find it difficult, if like communicating isn't your thing, start with communicating with yourself. Like if you start communicating with yourself and being aware with what you need, that's communication because you're communicating with what you need inside of you. You actually do have a dialogue and I I encourage everyone to um, pay attention to what their dialogue with is – what their dialogue is with themselves. Mm. Is that dialogue friendly Mm -hmm. or aggressive? Yeah. Is it generous or is it judgmental? So your homework, I want you to have some homework. For the next week, I want you to become really aware of your feelings, of what's triggering you and what's like bringing up that sense of anxiety. And just like... You or festering frustration. Festering frustration, resentment is making you do the things that like you, you don't want to be that person. You don't want to Chances feel, are it's linked to a boundary. It's linked to a boundary. That you're responsible for, 100%. nobody else. 100%. So, and you'll notice a pattern. There'll be a couple of things. Just think there'll be like two things. It could be a work boundary. 100% there's going to be two things out there. It's going to be a work <laughs> boundary. It's going to be a relationship boundary. Um, and figure out a small thing that you can do or a small act of kindness to yourself that you can do to protect, to set that boundary. And like Tori said, it could just be putting your phone on do not disturb. It could be unfollowing people on Instagram. You could be scrolling. If you are not laughing or feeling enlightened and empowered and just scrolling through that with a little smile, unfollow. Mm -hmm. Like my explore page at the moment is Denzel Washington, Oprah, Rihanna um, and heaps of funny shit. Like I'm just like I have just really cleared out the stuff that's making me. There's just too much going on. Do you know what I reckon would be a really interesting study is tracking the mental health of people um, and tying it to their explore page. Because if you're going onto their explore page and it's all like, here's what I eat in a day as a nutritionist, as a model, here's what I eat in a day. I have a matcha green tea (laughs) and a salad. At dinner, I have a slice of baked fish and a square of dark chocolate. And then you're you're sitting there watching that, not drinking your matcha tea, having your strong coffee, fucking feeling bad about it. So there's so many little things that you need to do. The very, like, one I definitely suggest is look at your calendar for the week. If there is something that you literally don't have to go to and you don't want to go to that, cancel it and see how that makes you feel like yes and that's just as simple as sending a text I'm not asking you to have an intervention with someone and be like I'm canceling these plans because it is not aligned to the boundaries I am now setting like you just cancel be like hey um I'm unable to attend whatever it is it is it is let's reschedule for another time if you don't want to reschedule something don't end it with an open question Mm -mm, don't provide the opportunity and just cancel it just the it. little things that you can do. And then once you have done that, you get more confidence to be like, oh, this is fucking feeling good. Now I'm going to do this. This is what's making me feel a little bit anxious. Now I'm going to do that. My final two closing thoughts are A, on um, nipping things in the bud, like mm-hmm. having the boundary set early, recognising when something isn't right, and also doing that person the favour of letting them know that that is your boundary and they've crossed it Mm. Um, because otherwise it ain't going to end well. So, like, really establishing things 
early mm-hmm. and then because I can't help but give a healthy dose of reality and make sure that we haven't gone too far down the kind of like hedonistic mm-hmm. fucking spectrum here. I also think – and this is probably just a note really to business owners or someone who is – at a point in their career where, you know, you have aspirations to achieve something. And I think that there is something to be said for learning when you can officially make the switch from being a yes person. And sometimes being a yes person does mean that your boundaries aren't perfect in order to grow, right? You have to be a yes person in order to grow. And when you can make the switch to, to having no and having the ability to say no, recognising when your best work is done and deciding, okay, now a boundary needs to be set. Because I think it's important to note that, like, there's a really big difference between 24-year-old Tori and 34-year-old Tori. Well, if 24-year-old Tori said no to everything because she had all of her boundaries up and knew what her boundaries were, you wouldn't be where you are. Exactly. You you do have (laughs) to fight the fight and you do have to put the work in. It doesn't mean you need to do it to the point where you make yourself sick. What's your intention? What's your goal behind where you want to get to if you want to grow and have a business and be successful or if you want to be a stay-at-home mom and do the family thing like whatever it is your long-term goal is yes like you, but this goes into seasons right there's yeah a, there's seasons in your life and you need different boundaries for different seasons mm. this season of my life requires a lot of boundaries because yeah. I have a lot of plates that I am spinning a hundred percent and unfortunately I cannot spin them all at once well mm-hmm. So I'm choosing two. Yep. My family and my my work. I love that. And the others, I'm sorry, they're not going to spin as fast. I will pick them up again. Mm-hmm. But when I was 24, I kind of had one fucking plate <laughs> and it was real easy. So, <laughs> you know. I um, love that. That's a good. I just can't help myself because I do think it's important that while we have these discussions on like wellness and health and boundaries, we also remember that like at the end of the day, there are choices that we make and if nothing changes nothing changes yeah and that can be said for your healthy boundaries and that can be said for your healthy work ethic i love that <laughs> well done well done you hey, i loved that <laughs> me too it's oh nice to God. be back i didn't even do a wee one hour 18 wow Look, we're cutting back girl oh my god <laughs> we only talked for two hours before we hit record get it <laughs> and now we're about to go and do that again <laughs> yes we've got another meeting to attend yes. um all right well we love you guys and um hit us up with any like things that you might have taken away from this or if you've implemented any of our homework oh my god i would love to know if you've set a new boundary please tell us all right guys love yous and leave yous Laters. bye